0: Welcome to Thrive Life Podcast. Here at our church, we believe that everyone can thrive. Make sure to subscribe to our channel and enjoy this life-changing message. Good morning, Thrive. How you doing today? Good, good. It's so exciting to be with you all. Uh, Very excited for this morning. For those that do not know me, my name is Pastor Chris. I get to serve as the lead pastor here at Thrive Church. And, Love this house, love what God is doing. Isn't God doing something special in this season? I really feel it. And listen, before we move on, just gotta give a shout out to Pastor Lori and the ladies team for Ladies Conference. Breathe conference yesterday, powerful stuff. It was, it was so good, it was, it was so good. And for those of you that showed up, thank you for coming. I believe God really spoke to you and challenged you. Um, one of the things I love that we do in this season as well is we really connect our events, whether they're conferences or camps or things like that, to our group launch. So that way we make sure that it's not just a cool event, but that God's actually leading it into small groups because it's not just about encounter, it's about discipleship. Come on, you know what I'm talking about? Like we gotta, we gotta know Jesus, and then we gotta walk with people who know Jesus as well. And so just a powerful event, and I just wanna give a shout out to the team. It was really awesome to see. Uh, fellas, I'm just gonna tell you right now, y'all gotta step up this year, because it was fire. Uh, but that's okay, we'll make, we'll make it happen. We'll make it happen, and it's gonna be good. All right, so we're gonna jump right in. I'm gonna change it up just a little bit today. Um, Don't worry, it's not gonna be anything crazy. We're gonna read the word, uh, more so in the middle of the message. And so uh, I'll have you stand when we read the word in just a little bit. But I'm excited because this morning, uh, I get to launch our new series that I'm so stoked to preach about and talk about. And the reason why is because I really believe as we were praying, Uh, as we were getting ready for the year, that this was the first series we really needed to launch that was a little bit lengthy because I really feel that God's going to really speak through it. And I feel like, especially in our culture and society today, that we really need to talk about some of this stuff. So the title of the series is called Inside Out. Turn to your neighbor and tell them Inside Out. Inside Out. Inside Out. And what we're going to do is this. We're going to talk for the next 10 weeks. So from now until Easter, okay, from now until Easter, we are gonna talk for the next 10 weeks on the topic of spiritual maturity. I really believe with my heart that God's gonna build something in us during this 10 weeks. And so even I wanna challenge you for the next 10 weeks, whether you're watching online or you're in person, I wanna challenge you to either be in the room or watch each week for the next 10 weeks. And, and part of even where this came to be, I wanna kind of share with you the history of why this kind of happened just a little bit. Last year, Pastor Eric, we were doing a series on heart and soul and on the book of Joshua and Pastor Eric actually asked me to speak on the topic of maturity. And I remember when I was talking to him and we were preparing for the series, he said, yeah, and then Chris, you're gonna preach on maturity. And I was like, you sure? <laughs> He's like, yeah, you got it. You got it. You've been here a while, you're good. And I was like, okay, cool. I remember praying. Remember processing. And, and I don't know if you know this, but, but preaching, it's not hard for preachers, but it's sometimes hard. And sometimes you don't really know what you're gonna say and you really gotta lean into Holy Spirit and you, you gotta prep and you gotta pray and you gotta study and, you know, there, there's some work to it. And, and, and you wanna make sure you don't mess up, right? Come on, let's just be honest. And, and I, I'm just being honest because some of us in this room can't even talk to like our kids, right? Let's just, right? <laughs> Y'all get stressed out and get the palm sweats when you have a family meeting. And so, so just praying. And as I was praying on this topics in particular, and I had the passage and that's kind of how we do it here at Thrive is we, we, we find passages and we connect it to the series. Um, just started asking the question, like what is spiritual maturity? I, I, and, and, I, and I began to realize that I think for us, sometimes in church culture, not necess- necessarily here at Thrive, but in church culture, we, we tend to talk a lot about a topic, but never really explain the practicals of it. Like, for example, prayer. Like, prayer is an easy one to talk about because we we often will say, you got to pray, you got to pray, you got to pray, you got to pray. But then we don't, like, teach people how to pray. And so I think this is one that's similar, where, okay, you got to be mature, you got to be mature, you got to be mature. And I begin to ask myself, well, how do I know if I'm growing up? And I think of it like Zadok. Like, how many parents know that when your kid goes from diapers to the potty, in the name of Jesus, breakthrough. (laughs) Come on, there's... There's a whole nother level of love for God. <laughs> Especially when you had a kid like mine, my poor Zadok, man, he, I don't know in Jesus' name, that was, those were rough, those diapers. And then, right, so, so there's signs of maturity and Paul says it best, he talks about it in the New Testament where he says, he uses an example of you can no longer think or act like infants, you have to now mature or grow older to go from milk to meat. That's what Paul says. And so in the same way as a child grows older, I believe that you and I are responsible for our own spiritual maturity. And that's the problem with maturity, y'all. Maturity isn't based on what your pastor teaches you or isn't based on um, necessarily a conference you go to. Maturity is your relationship with God and that did you know that you have to be older in your heart and in your spirit you have to grow older. You have to mature in Jesus. You have to be older now than what you were before. Yes. Yes. You have to. You have to. And, and this is one thing I love, Pastor Eric. He talks about this all the time. He says, I don't care what you did 20 years ago for Jesus. What are you doing now? Yes. What are you doing now? And so, what I did last year, and then I actually preached on this, but I only preached on like a few of these, I, I did it like really fast, is I, I felt like God gave me 10 signs of maturity, 10 things that you and I need to grow in. So they're, they're not steps, like this isn't like a 12-step program, that's not what we're talking about. It's like step one, this, step two, this, no, no. What, what my hope is this, is that as we walk through each 10 steps in this series, I wanna believe that in this process, God highlights maybe one or two that you really need to work on. I believe everyone in this room, if you love Jesus, you have to continue to grow in your relationship with God. You are not called to stay stagnant. You are not called to stay idle. You are not called to be complacent. If you're gonna be in here and you're gonna say, I follow Jesus, I love Jesus, I'm gonna choose the way, I'm gonna be a disciple, then you gotta mature in Jesus. And here's the thing about maturity. Oftentimes in the Christian life, maturity is internal before it's external. It's internal. There's things you have to grow on on the inside. And that's the hard thing sometimes with Christianity because what we tend to do in society is we judge success based on stuff. Yeah. Wow, that person looks so good because their family looks cute on Instagram and they got the house and they got the car and they got this and they got that. And then how many of you, you've met them? You've met people who on the outside look like everything is good, but on the inside, they're dying on the inside. On the inside, they still, they, they still act like they're in middle school with their friends. Come on, let's be honest. There's a thing in them that hasn't grown up yet. And then you meet the person that has nothing on the outside like the world would define as success, but in the inside, there's something beautiful that Jesus has done. And so it's internal. Maturity, first off, before we even get into it, maturity is internal. And so I believe these 10 things we're gonna talk about are 10 things that internally God needs to develop in us. So that way you and I can know, are we growing in Jesus? So we're gonna talk about them the next few weeks. And there's gonna be, for today, for example, we're gonna talk about grace, okay? And you might leave today thinking, I'm pretty good at that. Like, I got that and I I have a good understanding of that. But then the next week we're gonna talk about something else and you're gonna be like, oh man, Jesus, I gotta work on that one. And I hope that you leave this series and you leave church week in, week out, letting Jesus challenge your heart and saying, you need to grow in this. 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 this." Some of you might need to grow in all 10. That's okay, we're praying for you. That's all right. Some of you might got five. Some of you might have three. Some of you might have two. I guarantee all of you have at least one. And if you feel like I got it, well then now it's your job to help someone else who needs to grow in it. Does that make sense? And so I like to use this illustration, for example. Uh, I I just found a piece of wood, you know, it's it's Lathrop. We got a lot of trees and stuff out here. Um, I I love the fact though, like when you go to Yosemite or you go to the National Forest, and don't get me wrong, it's not like I go every weekend, like, look at me, I'm not like a forest guy, let's just be honest. (laughs) I like the city, I like air conditioning, I like books, I like the movie theaters, but I've always been fascinated that the trees are massive, 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 but you can't tell how old a tree is based on how tall it is. You have to tell how old a tree is based on the rings on the inside. And in the same way, can I tell you that you cannot measure a person's spiritual maturity or spiritual age based on how old they are. You have to see how old they are on the inside. This is why you have Christians who are 25 that are more spiritually mature than Christians that are 70. I love what Leonard Ravenhill says. I've said this quote before on this pulpit. He says, spiritual age is not based on... Uh, spiritual age is not based on the time of your age or the date of your age, it's based on obedience. It's based on how you have allowed God to work in your heart and work in your life. And so I believe these 10 things we're gonna talk about in the next few weeks are 10 rings in your heart that you need to have these identified in you that when people see you or people talk to you, they're gonna be like, wow, you have grace on your life or or you trust Jesus or you have perspective. And we're gonna talk about these things the next few weeks. So today, We're gonna start with the topic of grace. Stand to your feet with me. Come on, stand to your feet with me. We're gonna read the word this morning. And we're gonna go to Romans chapter six. And so if the title of this message today is just grace, you can write that down. We're gonna talk about grace today. And it says this in Romans chapter six, verses one through four. And it says this, what shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound. By no means. How can we who died in sin still live in it? Come on now. Do you know that of all of us who have been baptized in Christ Jesus we were baptized into his death? We were buried therefore with him by baptism into death in order that Jesus, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. Come on, let's pray. Jesus, I pray as we launch this series, God, speak to our hearts. Holy Spirit, I pray that we would be so open to what you have to say. Jesus, I pray right now that this wouldn't just be a cool series with some cool titles, but God, I really believe that there is something you are trying to build in us and a depth you're trying to develop in us. And so God, I pray that we would lean in and we would hear to what you're saying to this house and to us and to our families. And God, I pray that Holy Spirit, you would speak through me, that it would be your words, not mine. And we trust you and we give you the rest of today. In Jesus' name, the Thrive family said, amen. 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 Go ahead and have a seat. And so grace, I believe the first thing you and I have to mature in, if we're going to talk about maturity, we're going to talk about growing up, we're gonna right like how a little kid they no longer in diapers or they're actually eating at the table by themselves or or they can tie their shoes come on somebody you know I believe the first thing we got to talk about is grace you and I need to have a proper understanding a proper insight and a proper relationship with the God who gives grace and this one in particular i feel is very important today because i feel like we have a lot of misunderstandings of what grace is i believe in this day and age in this culture and society there is a huge misconception of what grace is but i want to tell you that the only way you're going to mature in jesus the only way you're going to follow jesus the only way you're going to walk with jesus the only way you're going to be able to do this thing is you're going to need grace you're gonna need it. You need it, I need it, we need it because grace is the thing that God gives us. And we're gonna explain it in a minute, but grace is this powerful, powerful thing that God gives us so that way you and I can function as a believer can function as someone who chooses Jesus. Grace is the differentiator between us and many other religions. Grace is one of the main reasons why this walk, this way, is different than any other way. Why? Because it is this kindness and goodness of God, it's this love of God, but then also it's this thing that God gives us that empowers us to live out the thing that we're called to live. And why I think it's so important to talk about grace in this particular society and culture is because I think we've made grace really sloppy. I think we've made grace into this concept and into this idea that we think allows us to do whatever we want. I love what Paul says in Romans. I wanted to start it off with this because because all throughout Romans is talking about grace, right? You you could spend, uh, man, years in the book of Romans. That's how good the book of Romans is. And Paul, just in this quick little saying as he's developing and teaching and talking to the Roman church about grace, he's challenging them about grace and understanding grace and making sure that they're not just completely into the law and they're trying to understand. But then he says this, which I think is so key because I think this is a perfect statement to combat on how grace is taught in society today. He says, but guys, grace isn't this thing that lets you sin more. Grace... How dare we think that grace is something we could use and abuse? You and I need to, he's saying, Roman church, you and I need to understand this relationship, this thing we have with grace. You and I need to understand that this isn't grace so that way you could sin more. No, this is grace so you can sin less. This isn't grace so that way you can just have a a get out of jail free card. I think sometimes we treat our relationship with God like a Monopoly game or like a video game. And sometimes we just think, oh, I'll just press reset. No, that's not how it works. We, we don't have grace so that way we can abuse it and manipulate it. And, and Paul's, and I think you guys catch that. And so Paul, I, I just love it that he's describing it, he's understanding it. And, and I love that I, what he's doing in this passage is trying to get the Roman church to understand what grace really is so that way they can do all that God has called them to do. We've been on this series called, it's not, or the theme is It's Not Over, Just Getting Started. And I believe that if you're just getting started, that whether you've been a Christian for a long time or you've been a Christian just for the last few weeks, if you're just getting started, you and I need to constantly come back to the reality and understanding of what grace really is. Because without grace, you will not make it. Without grace, you will not do it. Without grace, God, God, it will not be what God wants it to be. You and I need grace. Again, and again, and again, and again. All throughout the epistles, the apostle Paul would often introduce himself as I, Paul, the apostle, or I, Paul, the servant, or I, Paul, right? He, he would introduce himself, and he normally introduce himself with a friend, I, Paul, with Timothy. That's why it's important to join a Thrive group, because you're not supposed to do this by yourself. Come on, some of you are still fighting it. Trust me, it's gonna be awesome. I Paul with Timothy, I Paul with Silas, I Paul with this person, I Paul with that person. And then he would often say this. He would say, and grace be multiplied or grace be given to you. What does that tell me? What is Paul saying? Guys, you need more grace. And can I just tell you in this room that if you're going through something in this season, if, you're, if there's something going on and you don't know what to do and, and you don't know what, what's going on in your life and the circumstance seems really crazy, can I just let you know that God wants to give you more grace to handle what you need to handle? Yeah. God wants to give you more grace to handle what you need to handle. And so grace is something that is constantly given by God. It's multiplied in our life. He grows it inside of us. And it's not something we can earn. That's, right. That's the beautiful thing about grace. It's something that we have to trust and rely in Jesus to give us. And Paul relates it to baptism in Romans. Paul says, and in the same way that you died like when you were baptized, that how Christ died and rose again, and has how we get baptized in water and we come back out of the water, and that when we go into the water, our old self has died, and our new self is resurrected in Christ Jesus. You and I need to understand this is what grace looks like. Grace does not look like this thing or this ticket that you can use when you're in trouble. No, but grace is this thing that God grants to us because we were dead in our sin and God killed us Killed that flesh, and now we're alive as a new creation in Christ Jesus. Yeah. And that's why it's important to understand what grace is because you're not gonna mature in anything else if you keep acting like your old self. That's right. I love what Pastor Eric said last week where he talked about how you got yourself in the problem and then you think you can fix it yourself. Isn't that funny? We do that, right? Come on, we do that. Have you ever like tried to work on a car and you broke your car, you know? <laughs> and you don't know what you're doing? Like, oh, I could give myself the oil change and then now your oil's leaking everywhere. Like, don't, don't do it, don't do it. You're trying to grow yourself up, right? I'm, I'm trying to grow myself up. I'm, I'm trying to make myself better. And can I tell you, you, you can't. Without Jesus, you can't. You gotta stop trying to do this thing by yourself on your own, you can't. Because what is Paul saying? Paul's saying you gotta die to your old self that old person who knew Jesus, who didn't know Jesus, that old person who was an addict, that old person who struggled with sexual immorality, that old person who was struggling with their sin, that old person that was emotionally unstable, that old person that was angry, that old person that was broken, that old person that continued to go to the things that the world would try to offer to fill the hole in your heart. You gotta let that thing die because that thing never filled you before. What makes you think that you're a Christian that it'll fill you now? And then you're mad that like, and then we're mad, like not just you, but me. And then we get mad that we're not where we're supposed to be. We're like, well, Jesus, why am I still struggling? Well, Jesus, why do I still deal with this? And God's like, because you haven't killed your old self yet. You haven't let me give you grace. You haven't let me kill the thing you used to be. So that way I can make you the thing I want you to be. Well, Jesus, I wanna trust you more. Okay, that's great. You're gonna need grace. Well, Jesus, I wanna choose you more. Well, yeah, that's great, you're gonna need grace. Oh, that's okay, I'm gonna do it in my own strength. No, you can't, you're gonna need grace. Let me just help you define what grace is a little bit more. Let me give you some definitions. So grace in English means this, it means elegance, beauty, and mercy. Elegance, beauty, and mercy. And that's the English definition, but I I love the Greek and Hebrew definitions. I think they explain grace much better in the context of what we're talking about. So I think we think of grace as something that's elegant or something that's gracious and something that's beautiful, which grace is. and, And really, I think our understanding of grace is really in this word mercy. I think we kind of associate those two pretty often, that God in his mercy, God in his grace, right, saved us and healed us and set us free. But in the Greek, it has a different meaning. In the Greek, it kind of breaks it down a little bit more. And in Greek, it's the word kairos. Everybody say kairos. Kairos, kairos, okay? And it means unmerited or underned favor, all right? Meaning your report card can't get you extra tokens at Chuck E. Cheese with grace. If you're a millennial, you understand that joke. It's all right. Back in the day, you used to take your report card to Chuck E. Cheese and they gave you tokens. If you had an A, you used to get 10 tokens. If you had an F, you got one because Chuck E. Cheese knew that millennials were wrapped in bubble wrap and they were always offended. Because we have participation trophies now. That's another rant for another day. Come on, Cody, you know what I'm talking about, Cody. Shoot. I I signed my kid up for, sorry, hold on. I signed my kid up for t-ball the other day and you know what they said? They don't keep score. And you know what my wife said? Cause she's from Stockton. She's like, well, we don't have to have him play. <laughs> What's the point? What's the point? How does he know he's doing? And my son, like, if you know my son, he's so confident. He doesn't need to have more confidence. Like he needs to be humbled. We wanted him to lose. <laughs> we did. And my wife wanted to be like, well, son, you kind of, you kind of stumped that game. Like you missed the ball. You should have been paying attention. <laughs> Hispanics, man. Unmerited grace and favor. I guess that's what t-ball is for him, I guess. (laughs) Unearned, unmerited, he's got favor on it, whatever. Unmerited grace, unmerited and unearned favor. The Bible describes charis as a gift from God. And then, I love this, describes it as a divine influence and the governing of the heart to be released. So one of the things we have to understand if we're gonna understand the relationship you and I have with grace is that grace is not just the mercy of the believer to get out of hell, but it's also the empowerment of the believer to do what God's called you to do to bring heaven on earth. And this is really important. This is, this is really important. That if you want to go from your life, I love what John Revere, he talks about it in his book, Extraordinary. If, if you want to go from an ordinary life to an extraordinary life, if you want to go from a natural life to a supernatural life, if you want to go from someone who was just broken to a disciple and follower of Jesus, you need grace because grace is going to empower you to do what God has called you to do. Amen. And then the Hebrew word, I love the Hebrew word. The Hebrew word is hen. Everybody say hen. Try to say it with the <laughs> chen, and same thing. Favor means unmerited favor and grace, or merited favor and merited grace—a gift from God. But if you break up the word, which in Hebrew, there were, when you break up the words, they mean different parts in the word. Right? It means uh, so. The first part is favor and acceptance. That's like the normal word. But the first part, just the h, if you break it up, it actually we get the word in Hebrew to pitch a tent or to camp to pitch a tent or to camp. The second part of the word, you get the part which is mercy. So when you put the words together, it means in Hebrew, providing protection, finding refuge and rescued. And so, when the Hebrews would read the word grace in the Old Testament, they would put these two words, these two letters together because each letter had like a different meaning. And why this is important is because you have to have a full context of grace to understand what God wants you to do with grace and how to mature in grace. And so, the Greek talks about how grace empowers you, grace releases you, grace is the Holy Spirit on your life. Grace is the reason why you can laugh when everything is going wrong in your life. Grace is the reason why you can have joy when everyone else is miserable in your family. Grace is the reason why you could say no to the things that you used to say yes to. Grace is the reason why when you are up in front against the enemy with addiction or struggle or pain, that you don't choose the thing you used to do, you decide to follow Jesus. That's what the New Testament is talking about. That's why Paul's talking about it. Paul is explaining that, guys, you're meting it all wrong. You're thinking that grace is this thing that just covers you or just like, is it, it just, it's just this cheap thing. No, grace is the thing that's going to keep you and then you realize it in the old testament context that when the hebrews would would, would watch or listen to this word grace what they were understood is that it's in grace that we're protected come on oh does someone got catch this if you want to mature in your relationship with jesus you got to know right now that you are accepted that you are loved and that god protects you And it's from the place of acceptance and protection that now I can do what God wants me to do, which is the exact opposite of what the world teaches you. Because the world teaches you that you gotta climb a ladder to get to the top. The world teaches you you gotta step on people as you're getting there. The world teaches you that as long as you are just, and I'm not talking about work ethic. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the purity of your heart and how you feel you'll never arrive because you're trying to earn a love you'll never get. And I know, especially if you have my background where, where I didn't have a really a father figure and a mother in my life, and, and there was an orphan thing in me, to try to earn affection is one of the dang, most dangerous places you can be in. So my heart's for young people, not just because I'm a little younger. No, my heart's for young people today, for, for millennials and Gen Zers, why? Because they have bought into the lie that they can only earn love or affection from this society. That, based on what they wear, what they do, or how they act, that's how people will love them. But the church functions differently. The church says, I love you because Jesus died on the cross and that Jesus loves you. And so I'm gonna love you (laughs) the way Jesus loves you. And now, Now you're called to be holy, not because you need to earn it, but because God already called you holy. And now you need to walk out in your holiness and let Jesus sanctify you more and more. And I know you're not perfect, but you gotta keep walking out the perfection in your life and let me work in you and let me give you grace. So that way you can do all I've called you to do. For some of us that grew up in church, that's a, that's a real easy concept. I wanna tell you right now, some of y'all just need to give a millennial or a Gen Z or a hug, unless they have a mask on, be careful. But you know what I'm saying? Like, because what they think, they, and some of you in the room, it doesn't matter if you're a millennial, some of you in the room are 50, 60, and you think this, that I don't I have to earn love. And if you think your maturity is all based on what you have to earn, you'll never get to where God wants you to get. You won't. Because that means it has to be in your own power. And you'll never be able to walk in this relationship with Jesus in your own power. You have to have the Holy Spirit in you. You have to have grace in you. You have to follow his way. You have to read the word. You have to pray. I'm not saying it's sloppy that we just do whatever we want. What I'm saying is I now function from the place of acceptance. Because why? Hebrew word grace says God built a tent for me. It's like in the New Testament when Jesus says, don't you know that I go home to the Father to build a house for you? And then in my house are there many mansions and many rooms? What is he saying? He's saying, don't you know that the grace of God on your life is so that way one day you would understand that you already have a home. You already have a tent. You already have a camp you already, and and the way in the Old Testament, this is so cool. In the Old Testament, the way they would do camps wasn't like in a row. Like I think we think of like Native Americans or like movies we watch. They would actually build their their camp, like when they would set up camps and tents, would be like in a circle? So that way everyone can watch each other to make sure they were okay. Ooh, come on somebody. That's what he's saying. He's saying, you need grace, why? Because when the enemy comes to whisper at you at night to do the stupid thing that he wants you to do that you're not supposed to do, I've encamped you. I've protected you, I've guarded you. And if you're gonna grow in grace, you're gonna mature in grace, you have to understand that not only do I protect you in this grace, I also release you in this grace to do the calling that's on your life. I love what Matt Chandler says. He says this, he says, without a heart transformed by the grace of God, by the grace of Christ, we just continue to manage external and internal darkness. You and I, we go from, the, the, that the heart of God would be freedom and healing, and now, without grace, it's just sin management. It's how can I put my sin on this part of my heart into this part of my heart? Let, let me break it down practically. How can I not make sure I'm sinful in front of my people who say they love Jesus, and they say, God bless you, brother, and all that stuff, but then at work, I'm wild and out with my friends after work because I go to the bar. What are you doing? You're not healed, you're sin managing. I'm sorry I know I know I know I know it's just that's that's like the hardest thing Pastor Eric right like like when you're a pastor can I tell you like the hardest thing is when you walk with someone for for years or months and you see that God's doing so like they're on the altar and there's like snot boogers in the ground and like you know like they're yelling in tongues and English and Spanish and whatever language and then they go home and they're sin managing Why? Because they don't have a proper revelation and understanding of grace. Because if you had a proper understanding and revelation of grace, you would understand that grace kills the sin in you, doesn't allow you to sin more. And what happens is you begin to manage the internal and external darkness in your life. And the internal darkness, my friends, is way harder than the external. I know what it's like, family. I know what it's like when you're struggling so much with sin you can't get rid of because you don't understand really the grace of God or maybe you need to grow in it. I know what it's like to try to worship, but you're getting images in your mind of the things of the past. I know what it's like when you know God's calling you to reach to that coworker, but because what you did at the party last week, you feel like you can't. I know what it's like when you feel like right now you should join a Thrive group, but you're just scared because they're gonna judge you. Listen, you need to have a proper understanding of grace. You need to trust Jesus again. You need to let God kill the thing inside of you of your past. So that way you're no longer dealing with that internal darkness in your heart. So let me just give you some things that I believe grace is and what grace is not. And if I can have the worship team come up, that would be awesome. So what is grace? Just to kind of sum it up. Number one, grace is the unconditional love of Jesus. Oh, thank God. Thank God that God loved me even when I didn't love myself. Amen. Oh. Thank you, Lord. Unconditional. You know, like that song, Reckless Love. Reckless. Doesn't make sense. Thank God that God loves us. Grace is the unconditional love of Jesus. We're just going to start there. I want to pause for a minute because some of you are in this room haven't even got there yet. You still think that God's love is conditional. Don't get me wrong. God's favor, I believe, is conditional. Like the way he's going to bless you is based on obedience. I do believe that to a certain extent. I believe promises are a two-way street. All throughout the Old Testament, it describes that in the New Testament, Jesus came to fulfill the law, not break the law. But some of us can't get to this idea. And it hurts me because it's, it's a lie, the enemy has lied to you that you really think Jesus doesn't love you. I wanna let you know he does. Amen. Number two is the empowerment of the disciple. Whoo, come on. Did you know that grace is to empower you, not to enable you? Amen. Grace empowers, it doesn't enable. Because enablements, and, and I think for those that come from a background of addiction, you really understand this term because that's what I come from. Well, they always talk about this. You don't wanna enable the addict, you wanna empower them. Enablement means I'm gonna let you keep doing what you're doing. Empowerment means I'm gonna give you the strength, the courage, and the tools to stop doing the thing that's hurting you. It's the empowerment of the disciple. Number three is the justification for a sinner. Grace is the card that when Jesus is our advocate, the Holy Spirit's our advocate, and we go against the judge, Go against the judge. I think Pastor Roger talked about this a couple weeks ago. We go against that judge and the father's the judge and the judge saying, look what this, look what Chris did. Look at all the things he did when he was younger. Look at the things that happened in his past. Look at the things he did in his bedroom by himself. Look at the thoughts that he had. Look at, and, 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 and there's a list of all, all the stuff, a judgment against me in my heart and rightfully so because I'm a sinner that didn't know Jesus. But then by the blood of Jesus and the resurrection, We have an advocate, and Jesus says, hold on, Father. Eight. He says, hold on, Father. Your word says that if it's paid, it's covered. Your word says for thousands of years that for sin to get covered, there needed to be a blood sacrifice and it needed to be pure and blameless. and, And Father, I wanna let you know that my blood has covered Chris. And now Chris is no longer a sinner, but now he's been justified because my blood has paid it in full. And so now Chris has grace on his life, not because Chris earned it, but because I died for him and I gave it to him. The gospel, grace is the gospel alive in an individual. Grace is not a one-time thing you get. Grace is something that God continues to mature you in so that way you can continue to mature in jesus let me tell you what grace is not is that cool grace is not a cheap religious concept some of us we need to let that go oh and and, and maybe we've had bad teachings of this topic and and I, this this message doesn't do this topic justice this is like an introduction of what you can spend probably a whole year on the topic of grace right but what it's not it's it's not a it's not a cheap religious concept. Grace is free, but it's not cheap. That's what Dietrich Bonhoeffer says. Grace is free, but it's not cheap. It was costly. Bonhoeffer explains it like this, and Pastor Eric has even said this quote, and I've said this quote because it's like one of the best quotes ever. Grace will cost you your life because it costs Jesus his life. That's what Bonhoeffer, he explains it, and I'm paraphrasing it, but it will cost you your life because you could no longer be the person that you used to be. You have to die to yourself to accept grace. The Bible says you have to lose your life to find it. So it's not cheap, it's costly, but it's free. And we don't understand that in today's society. It's not an idea to be manipulated. You do not get to come with your concepts and your ideas. And you and listen, guys, we have to be very careful with manipulating scripture based on what our sin or our life looks like. Deconstructionists do this today. It's a whole theological movement where people are trying to deconstruct the word or piece apart the word to the parts that they really like to fit the cultural and societal norms. It's heresy. It's unbiblical. It's just plain dumb. It doesn't make sense. You can't, and, and, and it's, where, it's where Paul talks about knowledge being, knowledge that puffs up. It can't be manipulated. Grace cannot be, grace is what grace is. And you can't manipulate it and you can't mess with it and you can't, turn it and, and try to mold it. Just like you can't try to tweak or mold God or his word, you can't. Grace is an attribute of who God is. And so if it's who God is, you, you can't, you just can't. It's not a man-made gift, strength or skill. I know some of you are nice. Some of you aren't, and we're praying for you. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> just kidding. We have nice people at Thrive. Everybody's nice. everyone's nice. Because y'all have grace. It's not something you conjure up. So it's not a man-made gift, strength, or ability. And lastly, a commodity that is earned. It's not something you can go to the scoreboard every night. You just gotta ask for it. And you gotta let Jesus give it to you. That's probably why grace is one of the hardest things to work on in this series. And that's why I start with it first. Because you have to be like a child. The same way. So Zadok's birthday's this week, he turns five. Yeah, so excited. He loves presents. Too much. He loves presents. Like it got to the point where he was like, dad, where's my present? I'm like, bro, it's Thursday. Like, it's just a Thursday. Like, or every time I go to Target, dad, where's my toy? What do you mean, where's your toy? Come on, dude. He loves gifts. But but, but one of the reasons as a dad, actually I love giving him gifts because Zadok has the best reactions you know if he loves it or he doesn't. He's that kid, right? If he loves it, he's like, what thank you, like He just freaks out, Whoa. Or he's like, oh, this is cool. I love giving my kid presents, though. I love it, it's like the best, especially when I know he's gonna love it, it's like the best. Like I got him a pair of Jordans for Christmas and I knew he wanted a pair of Jordans because dad wears Jordans and he opened them and he's like, oh my gosh, dad, I can match with you now. Proud dad moment, proud dad moment, that he was more stoked about the Jordans than the Pokemon cards, come on. But what I love about Zadok is this, is that Zadok is always in the posture of receiving. He's never like, oh, I don't deserve that because I wasn't a good boy today. He's like, oh, okay, cool, give it, give, give it, give it to me. Oh, that's, great, okay, that's awesome. And then like, I love it. Like this house, you guys have blessed Zadok so much. There's people that he's never even met and they give him a gift and he's like, what? You're amazing. And you know what Zadok does? It's so crazy. Zadok has like, he's five. He's going to be five. He has the craziest memory ever. We go through his room, like when he cleans his room, because his room's always a mess. We'll clean his room, and Zayrak will be like, yeah, that he gave me that, and this person gave me this, and this person gave me this car, and grandma got me that, and auntie gave me that, and Thea gave me that. I'm like, bro, how do you remember that? Because in his heart, he's like, because I'm, and he says this, he's like, I just really like it. In his heart, he's so grateful for the gift that was given. And so you and I gotta get to the place Kind of like Zadok, where you and I have to be ready at all times to receive from Jesus what he wants to give to us. And you and I got to get out of this place, when it comes to the topic of grace at least, that we cannot earn it. Doesn't mean we're not going to work hard. Doesn't mean we're going to sin. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is if you're constantly trying to earn grace, that's not how you're going to mature in grace. You got to say, Jesus, I just need grace. I love what, lastly, uh, theologian, St. Augustine says this, and I'm gonna close. He says, because grace is given, not because we have done good works, but in order that we may be able to do them. And I just wanna speak that over your life right now, that God would give you grace, not because you've done good works, but because God wants to have you do good works so that way you could walk the way you're called to walk that you could move the way that you can move that you could speak up the way that God's called you to speak up and that you can trust in Jesus the way God's called you to trust in Jesus that you can serve God the way that Jesus called you to serve God that you could believe and pray and hope and worship and all the things of a disciple that you could be generous that you can give financially your time whatever the case may be all the stuff all the stuff the works of God, the miraculous works of God in your life are because of grace and because God wants to give you grace. Do me a favor. Stand to your feet. Come on. Thank you again for tuning into our podcast. For more info, please visit our website at thrivelathrop.com. Have an amazing rest of your week.